you might think me a little bit of a, of a masochist, but I'm actually very happy that we have bad weather. St. Ignatius of Loyola talks about for the spiritual exercises, it's divided into four weeks, and he says that there's certain weeks which are not meant to be enjoyable. And this uh, meditation pertains to one of those weeks. There's actually three meditations, or three major meditations that are well known about in, during the week of, of sin. In other words, you spend a whole week just meditating on, on sin, on the sin of the angels, on the, the first sin of Adam and Eve, and also the uh, hell and personal sins. It's not, a, it's not supposed to be an enjoyable experience, it's, you're actually supposed to, uh, St. Ignatius wants us to weep and cry and to feel intense and, and sharp pain. So the, the blazing wind is actually helpful. There's several things that have to be explained as far as the meditations of St. Ignatius are concerned. Because the... the the Ignatian meditations are very structured. It's true that the structure can be scary at first because why does he have so many points? Why, why is there a beginning? Why is there an end? Why is there so many? I just, I just usually just think my own, I just think, I just pray my own way. Well, during these meditations, you pray uh, Ignatius's way, at least for a couple of days. But Ignatius's way of praying is something which has to be well understood because otherwise it can seem uh, redundant and a little bit mechanical because he has a way of doing things but it's meant to bring it step by step to conversion. One of the popes, I think it was Leo XIII, but I haven't, I haven't rechecked it, but uh, one of the popes said that the spiritual exercises, uh, obviously they're the month version, has everything, uh, every element that can possibly help for a conversion. In other words, if you don't convert during a month of spiritual exercises, you're just, you're just hopeless. Um, this is a week, or just well, two days, three days. So this still help if you don't convert during these exercises. So the meditation that we're going to look at is... Officially, the second meditation, it's going to be our first, but it's on sin, and it has, uh, like all Ignatian meditations, always has three parts. It has the preparatory part, the preambulos, as they're called, then it has the points, which is the most systematic part, and lastly, it has the dialogue, the colloquio. We're going to explain each of those parts. And we're also uh, hopefully going to give a, a few pointers as well on how to live it. I'm going to say one of the pointers at the beginning because I'm scared I might miss it. And if I miss it, uh, you kind of miss everything. So the pointer is this. I'm going to say the phrase in Spanish and I'm just going to translate it. No es mucho lo que harta 
y satisface el alma, sino de gustar internamente las cosas espirituales. It is what satisfies the soul is not seeing and experiencing many things, but enjoying internally spiritual things. In other words, during the meditation, if there's any moment during the whole process of St. Ignatius where you want to stop and it's helping you internally, stop. Don't think, oh, I have to go through all, all five of the points or I haven't gotten yet to the dialogue. Just stop. You can even, like, as soon as you start the prayer, Father Rene shuts, up, shuts his mouth and you just find yourself just looking at Jesus and just wanting to just look at Jesus. That's fine. Don't think, oh no, I have to go through all these exercises, I have to do every one of these points. The point of the exercise is to get you there. It could also be during a time you feel you're looking through the steps and you're just remembering a certain moment of your life and it gives you a huge amount of shame and you just want to cry. In those moments, don't think, oh, I have to look at the other, I have four points left in this meditation. I have to do the dialogue, I have to do this. Just stop. Do not go past gold, do not collect $200, just stop. And stay in that one point until you're satisfied. And this is very important for the entire exercise because let's say you're having, uh, it could even start the first day. Like that phrase that I started the other homily with, the, a person is true in the degree that they're in relation to the, a person is real in the degree that they're in, in relation to the three divine persons. That phrase for me during one of my spiritual exercises was my meditation during the whole exercises. In other words, I would just think about that phrase and the Lord would, was giving me a gift of prayer. But the same thing goes for each of us. During these exercises, there's any moment that's helpful, you can just zone in on that and forget about everything else and not try to, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. I didn't. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. As the, the Latinists say, non, non multas et multum. Not about reading many books, but about knowing deeply very few things. So it's the same thing here. That was the first point, I think it's an important one. Because otherwise, um, you see like all the structure of saying Ignatius, and you don't understand that the structure is ordered towards our conversion. I'm probably going to repeat that several times, but just, it's so important. Okay, so we said that it has three parts. The first part is the shortest of the parts. And the, it starts with um, a preparatory prayer. Now the preparatory prayer is, is um, the main thing is that you, in, that you entrust the prayer to God. In other words, it's not just about, oh, I'm gonna meditate on this, I'm gonna make this effort with my mind, I'm gonna um, be a fakir. I'm gonna sit down on these like on this cold on this cold wooden bench and just like hum. It's not about that. In other words, you're starting off uh, on your knees spiritually. Doesn't mean you have to be on your knees, but you're starting off on your knees spiritually. In other words, you're begging God for Him to give you the grace to pray well. And you can say you don't have to follow the actual words of Saint Ignatius. I personally am a fan. And I think it's a, it's a great way, even the words that he used, I think are so helpful. Um, the words are, may all my intentions, actions, and operations 
be for your service and praise. May all my intentions, actions, and operations be for your service and praise. And it's interesting, even the three, the three words that he uses, may all my intentions. In other words, you're starting off the prayer thinking, what is my intention? What is my intention? We talked about Father Luke, uh, talked about the Principio y Fundamento, how it's supposed to start off and how our intention is to know, love, and serve God in this life, uh, that we're trying to conquer ourselves, that we're trying to submit ourselves to His most holy will, which is love and mercy itself. But the first thing is you start off just orienting what you want, your intention. And the second step, he says, may all my intentions and may all my actions. It's interesting because during prayer, there are actions. There are moments where you'll kneel because kneeling helps you to pray more. There'll be moments when you sit down because you're tired from kneeling or because you just need to rest. But even when you're sitting, it's to pray better. But you have to ask the Lord, may my, not only my intentions, but also my actions help me as well. In other words, maybe I need to, like Sister Claire, cover my ears because I'm starting to listen to how one person is moving in the bench or how somebody else. Or maybe during prayer, I need to hold my hands tighter because I get distracted more. So I need to hold my hands or whatever because I'm getting distracted and I need that. Or maybe I need to have my book in a certain way so that as soon as I get distracted, I look down and remember the points that I've written down because if I don't have my book close, I'm going to get distracted. Or maybe I need to sit in a different, maybe I need to sit over there because I always tend to look at everybody. Or I need to sit over here because of someone already sitting. May all my intentions and my actions. It's good to have good intentions, um, but it's better to have good intentions and good actions, physical actions with your body, the actions that help you. May all my intentions, actions, and operations. Operations is a philosophical term that refers to your internal, your internal actions. In other words, your thoughts. Understanding is an operation. Decisions are an operation. Reasonings are an operation. So may every one of those operations, imaginations and operations, St. Ignatius uses imagination immensely. He uses all of them. But each of those operations have to be used for service and praise of God. And praise of God uh, doesn't, mean, uh, doesn't mean necessarily always with your words. It's recognition of God as God. Okay, so that's the first preparatory prayer. May all my thoughts, no, may all my intentions, actions, operations be for your service and praise. The next step, St. Ignatius always puts, is the composición del lugar. Looking, making the... It's like preparing the background. Because you're going to have a scene, we're going to have a meditation, but first you put on the backdrop, so to speak. So you know where you are, and so you're, you're mentally oriented in that sense. So if you're distracted with something, 
you're distracted in a different area, so to speak. So you go into your own zone. In this case, saying Ignatius of, of Loyola says that for this, I mean, just to give an example, so this makes more sense when you're, when you're meditating, for instance, on the birth of Jesus. So you imagine Bethlehem, and during the entire meditation, you don't leave Bethlehem. And when you, I say imagine Bethlehem, not only do you draw the, the cave, but you also add the crib and where the crib is and the angle of the crib and where the spiders are, how many spiders there are, if there's, if there's dung on the ground, how much of it. You draw a very vivid picture when you start off because it helps you to not get distracted. And because even when you're preparing, so to, you're just preparing the set, so to speak, it helps you also to meditate. Because you can think, and even when you're starting off, at any moment, if you get a healthy distraction, you can stay there. Anyway, in this case of so this meditation we're going to do, which is not as, um, uh, as enjoyable as other meditations, the thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at ourselves as if, as if we are in jail and as if we are brute animals uh, suffering on this earth. So it's a very like painful thing to think about and a way, uh, a very uh, bad, well, a very anguishing way of looking at ourselves. That's why I actually, I think it's actually very helpful because if it's a sunshiny day outside, it's not, it's even worse because you're like trying to do something which goes against your natural feeling. But in this case, you're trying to look at yourself as a brood animal uh, in jail in the, in the world we live in. And then after doing that, the, the second step of the pre-step, or the third step of the pre-step, however you want to number it, is ask what I want for, what I'm, what I'm asking for, what I desire. In this case, St. Ignatius puts a groan and intense pain and tears for my sins. A growing and intense pain and tears for my sins. In other words, you're asking the Lord to give you tears, to cry during this meditation, to cry for your sins. He said, a groan and intense pain. So you're asking for pain. And if you ever get distracted during the meditation, you can repeat the preparatory prayer or you can repeat this, this petition. Lord, give me a groan and intense pain and tears for my sins. That's the preparatory section. That's the first of the three sections for the meditation. And all the meditations always have that first section in that same order. <coughs> the next section is the points, the points of meditation. And this section has five points. Some of them have sub-points. And the reason he has this is so you can go step by step. You do the first thing, you do the next thing, you just go one step at a time all the way down. 
And always remembering that at any moment the Lord gives you a grace, you stay there. I also imagine, um, I didn't talk about this because the homily was only on silence, but it's also important whenever, during the spiritual exercise, it's good to take notes, as I see many of you doing, but it's also good to take notes on what the Lord is telling you. Because that first phrase about, if at any moment the Lord gives you a grace, you stay there, also means that during the spiritual exercise, if the Lord gives you a light in your mind where He says, change this, do that, think about this, or a word that He puts into your heart, you write it down. And you go back to it, and you pray about it, and you ask the Lord to give you more light or to live it out in the future. So as soon as that, as soon as that arrow comes into your heart, you write it down. And don't think, oh, I, can't, I have to do the meditation, this is the distraction. No, no, those are good distractions, and you write them down. So the, the five points, we're going to start. The first point is you look at the process of your sins. That's the first point. And St. Ignatius gives advice on how to do this. He says that it's helpful to, when looking at the process of your sins, to look at either year by year, if you're that systematic, that you can look year by year. And also, uh, you can also look um, from time to time. Like, you can look at time periods, like, in my case, I usually think about when I was in Maryland and then another section when I was in Virginia. And then recently, when I was in the different communities where I was. So I think places for me is very helpful rather than time. In that sense, they're like time periods to look at. He also says, look at different places where you've lived. In other words, what did I do when I was in this house? And when I went to this uh, this other community, or when I was living overseas in England. Wherever you were, it's helpful to look at the actual places. Like, in this room, what did I do? How did I offend God in that room? And in the other room? And also to look at who I was with and the conversations I had. When I was with this person, what sins did I commit? And how were my conversations with this other person? And remember so-and-so in high school? Do you remember what you did to him? Etc. And also look at the different jobs that I had. When I was, when I was employed by so-and-so, how did I do my job? Once again, just to repeat, don't think that you have to go through every single one. If one of those things help you to meditate, stick with it. Don't think, oh, I have to do every single one of these things. Do whatever helps you to meditate on the process of your sins. In other words, how it goes from bad to worse. All of this so that we might have intense pain and cry for our sins.
That's the first point. The second point is to ponder the sins. In other words, you're weighing it. You're taking that sin, the worst moment or a certain moment that you think most helps you to see the ugliness of it, and you're, you're taking it in your hands and seeing how much it weighs. You're looking at the evilness of it, uh, the viciousness of it, the lack of self-control, the egoism, and you're pondering it. You're weighing that sin. If before you're looking at the process, here you've stopped and you're just weighing one of those sins. Think about, says St. Ignatius, the evilness of just one mortal sin in itself, considering the fact that if it wasn't hidden. If someone were to be able not only to see your body, but to see your soul and what you were doing. So we've seen the first point as a process, the second as a way. The third point is a zoom out. In other words, if the first point was like a looking and a line, a process, the second point was a zoom in, like you're, you're looking at something very close and up, and up close. The third process is a zoom out, like from a distance. You start looking at everything from a distance to make yourself to see how small, how small and insignificant you are. The first thing he says, he does, he gives five points on this, sub-points on this third point, of how to make your, uh, of how to shrink yourself, of how to zoom out. And he says, consider my sin in comparison or consider myself in comparison with all men. I'm just one of several billion. And one of several billion dares to do such a thing to God and to others. The second which helps to do this You look at what is man in comparison with all the angels and saints of heaven. Now that you're comparing yourself, you're looking at yourself and then you're going and looking at the entire world. And then you're taking another zoom out and you're looking not only at all the world, but also at all the saints of heaven and everybody there. And then the next step is you're looking at all creation in comparison with God. So you're taking another zoom out and looking at creation in comparison with God. In other words, God is bigger than all the saints combined. And the saints in heaven are bigger than all the saints on earth. And all the men of the world are bigger than just one sinner on earth. The fourth point in the same, in the same dynamic is to look at my corruption and physical ugliness. 
In other words, you're looking at the worst aspects of yourself on a physical level, on a moral level, on a spiritual level. And it's after having done all that, looking at all this and then coming close again and looking at yourself, so to speak, but from the distance, seeing yourself in comparison with God, with humanity, with the saints. And the fifth point in the same process is to look at myself as a wound, as a pus-filled wound, out of which has come so many sins and so much evil, and so much disgusting liquid. So that's the third, the third point. As you can see, it has a lot of steps, but don't get distracted by the steps. In the sense that the goal of it is to make ourselves, uh, or to ask the Lord for Him to give us the grace of a deeper humility and uh, sorrow and pain for our sins. Fourth point. If that one was, uh, the first part was a process, the second was a weighing, the third was a zoom out. This last one is uh, a comparison with God. In other words, you're putting God in one scale and you're putting yourself and the present image that you have of yourself in comparison with God. In other words, you're taking each of his attributes and you're saying God is infinite justice. And you're looking at how unjust I have been to so many people. How unjust I've been with God. God has given me absolutely everything and I have given him nothing. Or I've given him just one grain of rice. You can consider his, his wisdom and how intelligent and how he plans everything perfectly with how, how you've planned your life and how you do your things. And consider his generosity with your stinginess, with how you, you count and make sure he remembers everything you do for him and how he gives everything and doesn't even know what, how much he's done for you. Etc. So you can go with each of the attributes or any other attribute that helps. His omnipotence with my weakness. Fifth point. So if that last point was a balancing, this fifth point would actually be more like an exclamation point, an exclamation mark. In other words, you're saying exclamations with admiration and a great affection. Talking with each of the creatures, with the angels, with the saints, with God himself. In other words, uh, 
you say, you look at the air, you look at the ocean, you say, ocean, how is it that you have not uh, covered me? How come I wasn't washed away in the ocean with all my sins when I was younger? How is it that, as oh asteroid, how is it that you didn't come and, and whack me and destroy me and burn me up? knowing how evil I was and how many sins I committed. Oh, bacteria, how didn't you just kill me when I was so bad, when I was so evil and, sti I was so evil and stingy, and I didn't give you what I should have given you? And I was in mortal sin, and you didn't give me a heart attack. How is it that you've been so good to me, oh my God? But here, it's actually not supposed to be so much talking with God. That's the next step. But during these steps, as soon as you want, if you want, if you ever jump a step and be like, you just want to talk to God, you can talk to God. You can skip the steps. And the whole process is to get you to that last step. So this is, so you talk with the angels, how the divine justice didn't but it should be an act of admiration. Like the attitude of, and the way of doing it should be admiration. It's amazing that I'm still alive. It's amazing that I've received so much good. That I've received such good parents. That I've received so many people who love me so much. And that the, the bad things that happened to me, just be amazed that many more bad things didn't happen. Be impressed by how the saints interceded for me, how they prayed for me. I think it's amazing. When we get to heaven, we're going to see how many people really prayed for me and how many people were my true friends. How many people were from heaven were praying for me. Before as soon as I was as soon as I was born, they're already praying for me and interceding for me before God. And you can talk with them now as well. Be, Saint Michael the Archangel, how much you have defended me. It's amazing that I'm even, etc. How is it that the earth didn't open up and, and swallow me? How come hell didn't receive me immediately? So we've gone through the 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 two parts of the meditation. The first is the preparatory section. Then we had the process, the, the points, which was five points, the process, the pondering, the the zoom out, the the weighing, and the exclamation point. Now the last step also needs some explanation. It's called uh, the dialogue, colloquio in Spanish. And St. Ignatius of Loyola puts it at the end because it is more important than the other sections. Sure that the first section is a preparation, the second section is more systematic so that the mind is also, in the, and the affections are also put to use. But the, the last section is the high point. It's the high point um, because it's when you talk directly to God. It's interesting here that he doesn't put uh, a dialogue with Our Lady at the end of it, and I honestly think he does it on purpose because uh, he considers it rightly so 
that dialogue with Our Lady is, uh, is very, almost too comforting for the beginning of the exercises. So he kind of like just says, we'll let you do that later on. So at the following week, you're really desiring to do it. If anyone wants to talk to Our Lady at the end of this, they can. That's fine. I'm not going to be like, no, you can't. can't talk to Our Lady in this moment of the exercise. You can talk to her anytime. And during the exercises as well, whenever you're walking around from place to place, you see the, the wind and the waves and you think that she is the queen of the ocean, whatever. You can talk to her at any moment. Like St. Ignatius does not put her into these, to this last dialogue. He says it should be a dialogue. First of all, let's say this. A dialogue of a colloquium is supposed to be the way a friend talks to another friend. In other words, you're not supposed to be talking to God like uh, with with like you have to like write it down before you talk to him like I'm gonna say this to him I'm gonna say this to him and uh, it's not supposed to be formal it's supposed to be informal uh, it's also supposed to be like a servant to one's Lord in other words it's supposed to have reverence in other words you recognize God as God and that yourself as his servant also as a son or a daughter. But it's supposed to be a dialogue of love. And in this case, in this case, the dialogue should be about the subject of mercy. Begging the Lord for mercy and giving him thanks that he has given you life to the present moment. And also making a decision with His grace for the future. In other words, you look at how you've lived up to the present moment and how you want to change. But it's all an ambiance of dialogue. It's a, a candlelit conversation with God Himself. So that's the, that's the high point of the entire meditation. And if during the points you just want to skip to that, you can. But don't just skip to it just because you want to get out of the rigor and looking at the points. It's hard to distinguish between just what somebody wants and what the Holy Spirit is asking. But do try to follow the points. But if at any moment you find that you just suddenly get distracted and talk to God, stay with the distraction. As St. Teresa of Avila says, me ha divertido mucho. Uh, I got dis- it's, it's a play on words in Spanish, which means I was distracted and I had a good time. It means both things. Me ha divertido mucho. I imagine that the, the sisters are going to watch the clock so you don't have to be looking at your watch. Um, if you need to move around, and you, you can do so if you need to sit to a different place. I do recommend um, not going to the toilet like halfway through the meditation. If I've been talking for a while, so if someone needs to go before starting it, do so immediately, but not afterwards. Uh, the reason being because you distract others and you distract yourself. It's good to stay in the ambiance of prayer and it can sometimes be a way of, of copping out of the difficulty of the exercise just to, to leave. 
and to not make use of, of the time. Afterwards, there will be time, but for the moment, uh, live well the exercises and this meditation. And also another thing which I don't know if was mentioned, um, but I think it's also important. Saying Ignatius recommends after the time of meditation to take a time walking or sitting in your seat after the meditation, five, 10, uh, even 20 minutes, just talking to your guardian angel, to the saints, and examining how you did the meditation. In other words, you finish the meditation, don't be like, okay, let's just like go walk around. Have a no, no, no. You try to examine and look at how you lived that hour of meditation. Did I avoid the difficult subjects? Did I not pray as I should? Did I talk with God enough? 